0: Golden-edge podcast time once again, and it is playoff season. Time to flip the switch, even for us here on the podcast. Thank you guys for listening, as always. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment, share, all those things, wherever you get the podcast. We are here at City National Arena. Kind of a frigid City National Arena little today. Cho- it's little A little cold. It's a little cold. We are uh, ice side, uh, rink side, and uh, there's there's shoveling of ice going on. There's a lot of things happening, so... If you hear anything in the background, uh, that could be it, and it could also be some of the rabid fans of the Golden Knights that are just screaming nonsensically and just getting excited uh, for the playoffs, but it's that time of year. I-, I think it's understandable that people are excited right now. Golden Knights getting ready to play San Jose. As we're recording this, it is Tuesday. Dave Shane joins myself, Adam Hill, and Ben Goats here. What up? And Dave is getting ready to travel up to San Jose, so... Uh, Dave, you're the one that has to get on a flight. Are you feeling playoff mode yet?
1: Uh, getting there. Getting there. <laughs> getting there. I think one, once I step off that plane, you know, I'll, I'll click in and uh, get
0: locked in and You'll see playoff the, mode
1: starts at that point.
0: The, you The know. entire San Jose region covered in teal. As everybody's fired up for the oh, playoffs sure. and that'll that'll do it for you.
1: All the way up to San Mateo and uh
0: you're just gonna shout out all kinds of areas uh, of, you the, know, of the show, Bay Area? my, show my Bay Area knowledge. That's solid, impressive. Uh from yeah. from
1: Ben Ben's got Minnesota, I got the Bay Area, even though I'm not it from that. Out, yeah. all the way from Berkeley
0: to Gilroy. There's gonna there be, uh, go. there's gonna, there's gonna be fans and, and rabid San Jose people all over the place getting ready for the series. And the Sharks are I think the emerging rival of the Golden Knights it's happened two years in a row now in the playoff series certainly we saw some physical play so uh, this should be an exciting series and you know Ben this is this is turned into I think people at the beginning of the Golden Knights thought maybe it's going to be Anaheim maybe it's going to be LA Arizona makes sense just kind of another desert team uh, out here but San Jose is the rival right now, and that's how it seems to be developing.
2: Absolutely. There's no question about that. And I think it's fun because it's both on and off the ice. We've seen these two teams play 14 games so far in their history, but we're potentially going to watch them play 4-7 to seven more here in the coming weeks. And then we'll probably watch them compete for the same players again through trades and free agency. We saw Eric Carlson go to the Sharks, who was a long-rumored target of the Golden Knights, and so it's interesting to kind of see... Not just how they fight and physically attack each other on the ice, but how they kind of collect this arms race off the
0: ice too. A lot of uh, you know a lot of preseason talk about both these teams and uh, their their position as potential favorites in the West Western Conference and uh, happen to be division rivals. So it sets up that they play each other in the first round of the playoffs. Dave, is it disappointing to you that this is a first round playoff matchup? It seemed going into the year, these are two teams that both had hopes. Of, uh, of making deep runs in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, a little bit. I, mean, I think that's kind of the, the flaw, I guess, in the playoff structure. Uh, you know, that we have Boston Toronto on the other side, and, you know, some of those other matchups that you get because they're not crossing over and, and things like that. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's not my favorite. I'll, I'll be really honest. I, I was actually asked this on a, a radio interview the other day, and I said, I'm a tradi- traditionalist, if I can spit that out. Um, I like the one through eight, and if they cross over and you got to play, you know, Winnipeg, Vegas, or whatever it might be in the first round. I mean, obviously, that wouldn't have been what it was, but right. you know, so be it. I, I, I like that old, you know, '80s kind of style. You had those those weird kind of matchups in the in the first round. You got you got different rivalries. It's cool to have the regional rival rivalry like like this, but you know, you have Colorado, Detroit, and some of these other weird kind of crossover rival rivalries
0: that seem to develop that you don't really have now. So I kind of miss that. Uh, Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, we're going to see this continue to develop. Uh, As Ben referenced, 14 times they've played already, uh, and now they're getting ready to play four to seven more games. So uh, certainly the Golden Knights have played them more than any other team. We saw a lot of physical play uh, in that last game. We'll see how much that carries over. But perhaps nobody knows uh, the rivalry from both sides quite like Ryan Carpenter of the Golden Knights, who uh, obviously is a forward the knights was a san jose shark now has kind of seen the other side and we got a chance to catch up with him so let's start out talking to him before we break down uh some of the position by position matchups in this series and we started off by asking ryan if it is weird for him to have a developing rivalry against his former team
3: yeah, it is. I mean, every time. I feel like now this is, I think at first it was always weird, but now it, this feels like home compared to where in San Jose. And, um, but yeah, for, for me, there's always that little extra rivalry. But yeah, the series we had last year, and they're just, they're a really good team. We've been, both of us have been really good teams the past two years. And uh, again, we beat again in the playoffs, so it should be a, a exciting, uh, fun, competitive
0: series. It, I mean, we, we keep calling them rival. Do, is that, does that feel like the rival now? I think people were always wondering, would it be LA? Would it be Anaheim? Like, who would it be? Does it feel like a- yeah,
3: I guess it's only the second year. And sometimes you probably go in streaks where certain teams become maybe certain rivals. But, yeah, seeing them, I mean, back-to-back years in the playoffs, it definitely is probably the best, biggest rival they have right now. What
0: are, what are the strengths of that team?
3: I mean, they're just deep everywhere. Good goaltending. Uh, some of their big-name guys on D, Carlson Burns. And then up front, they just have a ton of big-name guys. A lot of depth, too, and a four-good line. So, um, I mean, this time of year, you're facing usually those kind of teams that are in the playoffs that are deep everywhere. Power plays. Power plays. Place a threat and they, just, they can get scoring from a bunch of different ways and so um, they work really hard too they're really well coached so um, yeah I mean but I think most teams like that this time of year have to have all those qualities
0: where, where are you guys better though? them
3: um, I, I don't know I mean I think I think we just try to we don't really com- compare or think about what their game is necessarily we just try to stick to our identity as a team and so we try to play a fast competitive game and stick to our systems and so we try not to really worry too much we try to we show them respect and we in game and think about their systems, but at the end of the day, we just have to be confident in what what we're going to
0: do. Is there a, is it too simplistic to say there's a key to the series? Like I know people keep saying, what is the key? What is going to be the difference? Is that too simplistic? Do we kind of as media kind of try to do too much of that? Yeah, maybe.
3: I don't. I don't know. We don't. I know we don't
0: really think that way.
3: But it's probably easier to look back on a series and say what the key was than to try and than to try and predict it. But I mean, there's always a lot of things. I mean, this time of year, goaltending always is. Always comes into play, and, and special teams and all those things play a play a story. And there's big name guys on both sides that, when they
0: perform well, can really carry the teams. And so um, it's kind of we're just we're looking forward to getting going tomorrow. So that was Ryan Carpenter, kind of breaking down uh, the rivalry a little bit of how it's developing and how it could play out here in the series. And we're going to break down every matchup we can here in this preview edition. And by the way, Ben exciting news for everyone out there they're going to be hearing a lot more of us now that it's playoff season and by the way i'm saying that s z n but it's oh, obviously the
2: that's the official spelling
0: yeah in case you couldn't get enough
2: of us which come on i don't know how that couldn't be the case we'll be doing playoff podcasts after every single golden knight sharks games which i'm really excited about on the road since we will not be in san jose for at least these first two games We'll be doing post-game Facebook Live, so you can join us on the RJ Sports page. Share your reactions, share your thoughts, questions, comments, concerns with us. We will respond to them. I think it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, for sure. And uh, tons of content coming your way, as we said. Check it out at ReviewJournal.com and all the social media streams. And uh, everywhere you find your podcast will be up there. Uh, so be ready for that. We're coming at you. Playoff season. I wish we could find a way to pronounce Season SCN differently. Season. I'm not going to do that. I think it is still season. I just like, I just like the developing Twitter trend of SCN of everything. But uh, yeah, it is playoff season, and you know, David, it's it comes down to I think uh, a real battle of goaltenders. We're going to get to that kind of at the end of this. But as far as the forwards go, I feel like both teams. Are are pretty similar. They're deep. They've got talent, and you know, on on all their lines, uh they have a lot of ability to score uh, in different ways. I, I don't know that there's a whole lot of separation between the teams. Wait, it's season S Z N. It's not C Z N. No, S Wouldn't it be c z n Season? What are you? Are you on Twitter at all? Get hip. What are you doing? I'm old. How old are you? It's I think we're the
1: same C- Well, they screwed it up. Like, wouldn't it be C Z N season? like it's bumper S- stumpers. Remember that
0: old? I feel so embarrassed for you right now? now. First of all, I'm not going to admit that I remember bumper stumpers, but I, I do. I know Ben doesn't. That was way before his time. Way before. But no, it's it's S Z N. Okay, that's how we roll. All right. Uh, start using that. By the way, just start throwing out. Seasons. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get hip. Like it's that. comeback season. It's playoff oh, okay. season. It's all those All right, those all right, yeah. all right. Uh,
1: as far as the forwards, yeah, I think you're spot on. That's a pretty smooth segue, yeah? Um, Not bad. <laughs> no, I mean, forward I Forward season. Forward season. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I think they're both deep. I think they're both capable of scoring in bunches in this series, depending on how the goaltenders play and, and, and things like that. Um, I think maybe the... I don't want to say difference, but the one thing that stood out to me, at least during the season... <laughs> Thank you. Nailed it. <laughs> uh, with the Sharks... Is uh, the way that they kind of spread the depth out. Um, I, I don't want to say the Knights are top heavy, but it's it's very like it's a very strong first line, second line, and the Sharks kind of spread it out a little bit. You know, Thornton on the third line, like during the season, Kane was on the third line, and, and things like that. They they kind of present their matchup a little bit differently, but I think in terms of talent, you know, yeah, I think both teams kind of kind of evened out in, in that
0: sense. And you saw, you saw more uh, top-end scoring out of the Sharks, obviously with uh, the Knights being a little bit more balanced uh, in their scoring. Uh, but, Ben, we're going into this with a lot of question marks in terms of health. Now, Timo Mayer, uh he is, is an important piece for them. Certainly he missed the last game of the season, but the Sharks said, hey, if it was a playoff game, he would have played. It was just precautionary. Pavelski missed a few games, missed, I think, seven, came back, played the last three, They seem like they're getting pretty close to healthy in their forward group.
2: Yeah, I think there's no question that all these guys are going to play. It's just a matter of are they going to be 100%. Pavelski played the last three games for the Sharks. He had only one goal, though, so not a ton of big production from him. Timo Meyer, of course, only missed that one game, the last game of the regular season for the Sharks against the Colorado Avalanche. So he's expected to be out there. We'll see how he's feeling if he's 100%. Because if these Sharks' top-line guys are 100%, they have been more productive this season than the Knights. Jonathan Marshall led the Knights with 59 points this season. That would have been 6th on the Sharks and 5th amongst their forwards. So the Knights are a little bit lacking in terms of that high, high-end scoring. What they can do to win this series is win with their depth. They mentioned that third line is going to be, I think, a fascinating matchup this series with Joe Thornton against Cody Egan, Alex Tuck, and whoever else they stick on that third line. And I think the Golden Knights' fourth line... Kind of has a little bit of an edge here, too. So I'm interested to see if Pierre Edward Belmore, William Carey, and Ryan Reeves can do something in one of these games because they're not going to obviously score in that many of these games. But if they can get on the score sheet in one of these games,
0: that can swing a series. I find it quite fascinating that we, we talk about, you know, as you said, the top scorer for the Knights would have been the sixth leading scorer uh, for the Sharks. So, so at the top, the Sharks have been more productive. But, Dave, The Sharks have had no answer for the Golden Knights' first line over the last two years. Yeah, especially William
1: Carlson. Um, I mean, I think in some respects the scoring discrepancy, I guess you could say, with the point totals has to do a little bit with the style. And uh, this just may be way, way, way off. But you know, during the season, it seemed like you know Martin Jones, Aaron Dell are struggling a little bit. If you're the Sharks, you kind of feel like you got to open it up, and we're going to have to outscore some teams to win these games. And I think they. They played a little bit more of an open style than maybe the Knights did, you know, at times during the season. So I think, you know, maybe the point total is a little bit reflective of that. Not to say the Knights weren't trying to play fast, but I also think early on when they realized the goals weren't coming, that they said, OK, if we have to tighten up and and, and not try to outscore teams as much, not play run and gun, not be that, you know, quote unquote, high flying team like Jargon said, didn't want them to be. I, th- I think that's a little bit of, of it. You know, in terms of the, the the points, in terms of the talent, but I actually want to go back to Ben's point on the fourth line. No,
0: um, it's we've moved on. No, no, no I, I'm going back. Okay. It's <laughs> it's rewind season. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well done. Thank you. Uh, only because I actually think he's underplaying it. Um, I actually think it's a big advantage that the Knights have on on the fourth line, um, especially with what we saw kind of on Twitter. In terms of what the uh, what the Knights might see from the Sharks fourth line with like Haley, um, Melker, you know Sorensen and things like that, so or Melker Carlson, uh, but I just think that's that that might be an area where, especially if Reeves is able to kind of inject himself into a series, which guys like him tend to do in in the in the postseason, they they can be a little bit of a lightning rod. Um, Michael Haley's kind of going to probably try to do the same thing on the other side. I like Ryan. Are using that role a little bit better uh, than Michael well, Haley? And, and uh, let me but, let me
0: ask you on that: Is is Haley only playing because of Reeves?
1: I mean, from the outside, it's probably really easy to say, but it sure looks like it. I mean, I don't know how you feel, Ben, but I mean, it w- when they got him in the trade deadline, that was my first thought
2: was initial was, reaction right away is they got Michael Haley for a potential Golden tonight yeah, series. Absolutely, uh, no I, question in my mind.
0: Yeah, I think that's why they did it. In I thought it was very telling when you watch uh, a lot of the San Jose uh, interviews from after that last Golden Knights game. And if we remember, it was a very physical game. A lot of uh, you know, a lot of skirmishes, couple fights, but really just a lot of pushing and shoving, and you know, jabbing of sticks in the necks, and just a but lot of physical play and, and sending, yeah, yeah. sending messages. And it was you know, forty-two penalty minutes, and uh, back and forth, and, and uh, uh, I think three or four guys mentioned after the game that every time they've played Ryan Reeves, they've taken a step back, and the, and they've let Ryan Reeves be the aggressor, and they've stepped back, and that was the first time they ever held their ground and pushed back at him instead of you know backpedaling and, and letting him push them around. So I, I don't know if, if that's true, if that's actually the case, or they're just trying to talk themselves into it, but it's certainly something that they're discussing from their end, and, and I think Haley's a big part of that, but I don't know if you're getting away from playing your own game and trying to go answer what somebody else is doing, and if that if you know that costs you in the end.
1: I mean, I think a lot of it's a just in case, you know. The I mean, in, in some respects of so the difference, you know, Ryan Reese played eighty eighty games this year, seventy nine, eighty. You know, yeah. I mean, he was a fixture in the lineup. It's not just a oh, we have to throw him in here now to combat, you know, what San Jose is doing. It it almost feels like there's a little bit of that on the other side where they feel like they have to have Haley in the lineup. They feel like they have to do something to try to neutralize uh, that fourth line. I've, I've heard a couple coaches, um, you know, during the season, talked about the Golden Knights' fourth line. Um, there was—I'm trying to remember—it felt like somebody really recently. Um, my mind is is wandering on it, but actually, like made a, a, a move, a change, like like specifically against that fourth line. Maybe it was Hitchcock um, with Edmonton and, and some of the lineup things that they did because they were worried about that fourth line uh and i think you know like i said whether it's carrier you know last year we saw in that Kings series especially early on i think it was like a 10 or 11 hits he had in like game one you know so those guys are going to go out and try to really set that tone and i know like to your point adam evander king was certainly very proud of you know how they responded how the sharks responded in that in that last game so you know if, he, if he's still puffing on his chest a little bit and you know, we'll kind of see how the reaction is, but it's also the playoffs. It, it they also know you can't put guys on the on the power play. You can't take penalties. You can't put your your team in a spot. I think the Knights, especially with Carlson and Burns on the other side, really have to be conscious of you know not getting caught up with taking unnecessary penalties and things like that.
0: And I will say, Ben, I don't know if you were standing there yesterday or not when I, I asked Reeves about those comments specifically about the Sharks not taking a step back for the first time and he just kinda nodded his head and smiled. Because he he's really, in their head. I didn't, he didn't think, even really have an answer. Well that it's a, like okay. That's what
2: I think he wants to do is he wants them to be thinking about him rather than the rest of his teammates. And so I think that's ultimately his goal in this series. It's not just to beat guys up. It's not just to deliver hard checks. It's to be the center of attention so that way the rest of his teammates can kind of skirt by unfettered toward the net. Bang on.
1: Yep. like light. It's a lightning. I, I, I've always said this. It's something I've always been fascinated by is those guys who know how to do that and, and take on that role and get the attention on them and let, you know, maybe the guys who are struggling a little bit, we as the media tend to ignore them during a series because we're, you know, focused on Ryan Reese and and whatever might happen and what he might say or you know something like that. There, there's an art to that. A hundred. There's an absolute art to that, and certain guys are very good at it. I think back to like, you know, Asatikin and Claude Lemieux and these guys. You know, from from way back, and, and they inject themselves into a series, and it, depending how you do it, you know, Ryan Reese has done it before
0: with St. Louis. It it can it can really alter a series. Well, uh, we'll transition into a breakdown of the defensemen uh, with this. Uh, found it interesting. There was a couple different comments uh, coming out of San Jose about the way that the Knights defend them, especially uh, their, especially defending the Sharks defensemen in the offensive zone. So, what Pete DeBoer said a couple of times, and now a couple other other players have talked about this, is that the Knights do a lot of playing real high on their defensemen in the offensive zone, and it opens up a lot in front of the net. So, I guess how how important is it for the sharks forwards to take advantage of that space? If that is the case, and if the knights are pushing forward, uh, you know, pressuring them at the blue line, how important is it for the sharks to take advantage of that and kind of either take them out of it or at least make them think about the way that they defend them? Huge.
2: But if you're, you know, the knights, that's the way you kind of have to play the sharks. I mean, a defenseman, Brent Burns, is their leading scorer. He's the guy you want to worry about, and of course. Eric Carlson wasn't their leading scorer this year because he missed a bunch of time, but he's still a very, very dangerous weapon on that offensive blue line. So Riley Smith actually talked about it today. He's like, you've got to be tight on those guys. You can't give them time and space because they're the ones that are going to burn you. And then I think what's really key to this series, too, is that you have those two guys in Burns and Carlson who are such threats on offense that you want to take advantage of any mistakes they make on defense. Those guys are so eager to join the rush, especially Burns. The second they see the hint of a three-on-two or a four-on-three, they're going for it. And so if you're the Knights and you play a pretty fast game, you can take advantage of that going the other way. And I think if you're Riley Smith, you're a lot more confident that if you have an odd-man rush against Martin Jones, you're going to capitalize rather than the other way around.
1: Okay, so Adam, you're
2: a basketball guy, so help
1: me out a little bit with this. I'm essentially going to make the analogy that it's like running a team off the three-point line. That yeah. that when you have it on the perimeter, you have guys, you know, like Burns and Carlson that are that are out there creating from that distance. You have to close that sp- that, that
0: time and space down, like players always say, and it does. It, can, can I? I'll cut you off yeah. by saying this. Pete DeBoer used a basketball analogy talking about it. Okay, he said we have to we have to attack the rim because they're shutting us down on the perimeter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean,
1: that, that, it really is kind of the cause and effect. Um, to be quite honest, so you know, obviously the Knights are aware, if they're pressing out high, that they're giving up something, you know, in an area. Defensemen are going to be more aware of it. Center, in most cases, are going to, you know, have to be, you know, aware of that area and things. They play a lot of man-to-man, though. Um, the one thing that always sticks out to me against the Sharks is that pick in the corner that they like to use off, off, because the Knights play kind of that that man-on-man. And if they can get that rub and get guys free and they're able to move the puck, that's where Burns, Carlson, you know, are especially effective finding guys, um, you know, similar plays to like what Jimmy Schultz made the other day, where if they can get it, you know, with, with some time and some area, you know, they're able to find somebody in a, in, in a good spot. So you're trying to take that away. It's a little bit of pick your poison, though. Um, you know, it's, I, a, it's kind of the way I, it always is. Do I
0: remember, did they, did they get called for that a couple of times in the playoffs last year?
1: I know it started to become a little bit of a, a, a talking point, I guess you could say um where there there was some I think there were some people that maybe wanted Jargo Lant to make it a bigger issue than than he did he tends to you know kind of
0: downplay things like that doesn't want to get fined um and well, I think he, down- like he downplays them to us right right uh during the game on the ice he doesn't really seem to downplay it. but it, i
1: i do remember that last year that that you know you have guys in in different sports even in the NHL that will kind of lobby a little bit for some things and just put some things on the on the map, hey, we didn't re- necessarily like this. You know, What you, you just kind of floated out there and, and things like that. And it, I, I definitely remember it was an issue, you know, toward the end of the series where, you know, it became, people became more and more aware of it. It became more obvious that it, that it was kind of going on. So I know I've wandered a little bit off the topic, but I think in terms of the sharks and, and your original question, yeah, that that's what you have to take advantage of. If the Knights are going to give you that spot, you know, Logan Couture and those guys are, are very good in that, you know, kind of high slot, you know, right around the hash marks and, and things like that.
0: Ben, we've been, uh, me and you have been watching a lot of uh, San Jose press conferences and following quotes and monitoring that side of things. Uh, a huge storyline, certainly the second half of the season, has been Eric Carlson's health. They brought him in in the off season. I know the Knights were pursuing him as well. He is an unbelievable player. He can do so many things on the ice, change the game in so many ways, but he has to be healthy to do it. He came back, played the second most minutes of any player on the team in the in the season finale, but how much concern is there about Eric Carlson's groin? I think that's a great way to phrase it. it. Uh,
2: I think there has to be some because it's lingered seemingly most of the season, at least for sure the back half of the season where he's come back and it's lingered and he's had a setback and he's had to miss more games. And then which was very interesting is they played him so many minutes out of the gate. I don't know what they were trying to – send a statement to the Knights or something like hey this guy's back and we got no concerns about him and I'm sure he's gonna be out there unless something is just killing him because he knows that he was brought in to help this team potentially win a Stanley Cup and of course he still has not signed an extension with them so he's set to become a free agent so he's still in the market to make some money this playoff series so he's gonna be a very interesting guy to watch to see if he will be at 100 percent If he is, Burns and Carlson are going to demand most of the night's attention because they are just that good. But, as Riley Smith pointed out to me multiple times over the last couple days, they're kind of a double-edged sword because they like offense so much. They're both so, so gifted in the offensive end that if you can catch them napping uh, and get an odd man rush the other way, that's how you can start to generate some goals against the Sharks.
0: Yeah, as far as uh, Carlson Carlson goes, he... He missed time, came back, played a few games, including the all star game, got hurt again. another groin issue, but he kind of insists they're not related, which is very weird to me. Uh, that's it's it's odd that you would have a second groin issue right away that's not related to the first. that's seems crazy. Uh, but to to Ben's point, Dave, how important will it be for the Knights to do to to make them pay for some of their offensive, you know, aggression and try to at least take that away by, you know, if you if you take advantage of it, get them on their heels a little bit, it takes away a lot of what they want to do offensively because they're so worried about getting beat.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think for the Knights it's probably important. I also don't think the Sharks are necessarily going to kind of change their ways. You yeah. know, Brent Burns is going to be Brent Burns, and Carlson's going to kind of do his thing. That's what, you know, enabled them to pile up as many goals as they did this year and, and, and things like that. But I do think it's something, you know, you go back and look. Uh, at the you know what four eight six, fourteen games you know that they've played it, it it's been kind of a recurring theme, you know that the knights are able to you know kind of take advantage of those situations at, at times it, it it always strikes me maybe I'm wrong on this also when the knights have won there's been more blowouts and and things like that when the sharks have won it's always been some weird grind out game get it to overtime you know it, it always seems like the sharks have to work way harder to win a game against the knights than, than the than the other way around and you know maybe it's because they get some more odd man rushes maybe they're able to take advantage of of some of those things if, if it shows up in this series i mean it, it could be a short series you know if the knights are able to go up there and steal a game early especially um you know if they're able to put the the sharks behind in some games, chase some games, get odd man rushes early, take advantage of that over aggression. You know, Jared Glant talked about, you know, how everybody's jacked up that, that first game, especially the 10 minutes, first couple games. You know, everybody's running around, things like that. The Knights are, you know, able to kind of settle things down, take advantage of some spots, you know. I don't know. It, I mean, it's definitely something that I would assume that they're emphasizing, you know, a lot
0: in that last game over there. So the last thing on defense, I, it, it would seem that on paper the Sharks have a a pretty big edge defense on defense among you know, among the defensemen. But I don't know that it's that simple. I, I I think you know there there's it's certainly a different style of defense. And just because the big names are on one side and the gaudy point totals, uh, I don't think it's a clear cut case uh, that the Sharks are that much better defensively.
1: I think the difference is on special teams, Uh, and I think if the knights are able to stay out of the box and and things like that in the series, they're able to to neutralize that a little bit. But I think those two, especially in a five on four, you know, or maybe a five on three situation, that's where where those two Burns and Carlson give them a huge advantage. Five on five, I don't know that that it's as much. I think that's where the knights, you know, to use your word steadiness and, and and things kind of kind of comes into it.
2: But, yeah, we mentioned, I mean, the power play. The Sharks had the sixth best power play in the NHL this season, which is no surprise with Burns and Carlson on the point. And the Knights were 25th. So, not a great year on the power play for them. So, that's, as you said, Dave, that's where a potential significant advantage uh, can come to the Sharks if the Knights are unable to stay out of the box, if they're putting San Jose on the power play too much. That's going to burn them eventually, you would think, in the series.
0: Yeah, and that'll be a big factor uh, for sure, and we'll see which team is able to win that battle. The special teams battle could be a major, major factor. Uh, The best way for the Knights to avoid that vaunted Sharks power play is to not commit penalties and to stay out of the box, as you said, and we'll see if they're able to do that going into the series. They certainly weren't in that last game up in San Jose, uh, but we'll see if uh, if the playoffs change things and change the dynamic. Well, now we get into the goaltenders, and... This is, to me, the biggest storyline of the series. Uh, I have been saying when, uh, you know, when I'm asked on, on interviews that there's only one important player in the series. And I know that's oversimplifying things a, a lot. But Martin Jones is really the only player that matters in the series to me. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury is going to be Marc-Andre Fleury. He's going to be consistent. He's going to be good. He might you know, even win a game on his own or two in the first round. But Martin Jones is the biggest factor. If he is the Martin Jones of the last month and a half, it's a short series. The Sharks are out and uh, the, the Knights are moving on and looking at trying to make another deep run in the playoffs. If he's good, then that the series completely changes complexion and, and it becomes a, a real battle down to the end. Uh, that, to me, is the biggest factor in the series. It's one guy. It's Martin Jones.
2: Yeah, I think this is kind of the key Matchup, for lack of a better word, they obviously don't play each other. But how these two goaltenders play, and you could say this about most hockey series, but especially this one, the disparity between the two regular seasons that these guys had is pretty crazy when you think about it. I mean, Martin Jones finished the season with a below 900 save percentage, his goals against average was near three. Both incredibly not good. And Aaron Dell, his backup, I don't think is much better. Otherwise, he'd be playing no, way more no, down the stretch. No, he's, he's not. Whereas you look at Marc-Andre Fleury, he obviously missed a lot of time towards the end of the season. But just, you know, via his counting stats, he was near the top of the NHL in wins. He was near the top of the league in shutouts. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets some votes for the Vesna this year. He's never been a finalist before. But he had a one of his better seasons. Whereas Martin Jones had one of his worst,
0: and, and I I will make sure to say, uh, as much as we're ripping on Martin Jones' stats and everything else, thirty six wins this year, and that and I mean that is what matters in the end. I know that's what you know Pete Devore talked about. He won a lot of games, and it was a you know, maybe a different style, and uh, the numbers don't really look good on paper at all. Of the you know sixteen starting goaltenders going into the playoffs, he has the worst numbers in almost every category. Uh, it hasn't been pretty at all, but Martin Jones has been good in the playoffs before. He helped them uh, on a you know Stanley Cup final run uh, where he was really good just three years ago. So he's got it in him. And you know, I, I know it's coach speak, and I know it's you know building confidence before the playoffs. But uh, I thought an interesting comment from Pete DeBoer was uh, not one single person has ever whispered or hinted or insinuated a word about not having confidence in martin jones in their locker room i don't know if that's true in fact i doubt it's true but you know they they have expressed full confidence in their goaltender
1: yeah what, what people had a quote about like if i could give you guys some analytics about yeah, he's confidence like, and goal i felt like that was aimed at shang pang by the way but
0: 100 percent, it
2: was <laughs> shout outs to shang yeah
1: um yeah i mean i you, you kind of brought up what i was going to bring up in, in terms of i'm sure there's a lot of feeling in the bay area of if he can recapture 2016, Martin Jones, we're good. If he can get to that form, you know, and flip the switch, I guess, so to speak, you know, then then the Sharks are going to feel like, okay, we have a, a proven guy in net. He's got us there before. We got nothing to worry about. I'm always a little more skeptical of guys who can just do that. You know, uh, you have an 82-game season, and, you know, you want to be playing well, and if you're not playing well, usually there's you know, a reason for it, whatever it might be. Um, and I don't think you can just all of a sudden fix it, you know, in the, in the playoffs. Uh, and he's got a history against the Knights. You talked about how many times he's been pulled and, and things so like that. Four
0: times in 13 starts. Yeah,
1: so, I, I mean, there's the element of can, can they get in his head early and what happens if they do? Because if, if they shell him early, in a, you know, in this series and Pete DeBoer's got to answer questions about who's your starting goalie, and things like that oh that i mean that's you know you start if you're the knights you're you know you're licking your chops and and, and you know here we go because that's what you want to do i mean you want to get distractions and things like that And that's you know like i talked about with ryan reeves and like, you're trying to throw them off in a series you're trying to get them you know get in their head and things like that you get in their goalie's head you know that's like taking the queen i guess and in chess or whatever i don't, I don't know I'm mixing every metaphor i i can here but
0: ben during your illustrious hockey career was there ever a team that was in your head oh you just could perform you know? against them
2: oh those crafty cottage grove kids from the other side of town Cottage uh, we yeah would right next to woodbury sounds like a dance troupe or something
0: <laughs> oh,
2: we lived right next to a town called cottage grove had rivalries with them did not like them
0: is there, a, is there a lot of uh, is there a lot of violent crime in Cottage
2: Grove? I'm not going to insinuate anything. I would just prefer to talk about my great town, Woodbury, Minnesota, I'm quality guessing, of living.
0: I'm guessing there hasn't been a crime in Cottage Grove in like 50 years. I got pulled over there once for speeding. So <laughs> okay, well that was something. Mix lettuce. Did you get a ticket? I think I talked my way out of that That's, one. Well, it's a very lovely town, Very drove, charming person. There was a very nice conversation with the officer. Uh but yes, I mean it I, I don't think anybody wants to out and out say the knights are in his head. Nobody wants that bulletin board material or anything else, but nobody's trying away from it either. Like they're they're saying they hope they hope they are. It would seem they have to be at this point. Four and 13 is a lot of games to be pulled from. Either that or maybe they have some sort of tell
2: that I haven't figured out yet. A William Carlson got asked this the other day and he said, Hey, we don't have anything. Like, we don't, like, are looking glove side and see if, you know, when he twitches his glove, this is what he's going to do. We don't have anything like that. He's just a good goalie and for some reason we're good against him, which I just can't 1000% buy. There has to be something there that they've noticed or they have picked up on or they're aware of that helps them at least a little bit get by him
1: I think they just have an advantage as a line to be quite honest they just you know for whatever reason two years like you guys you know we're talking about it early on in the in the pocket they just haven't done anything to slow that line down the, the sharks haven't i I don't know if it's just speed or whatever the sharks are trying to do against them but they always just seem to get into really good scoring positions against martin jones and not not gonna like completely you know exonerate him for for every goal because certainly i think he hasn't played well against them but i also think you know a lot of it's just what's happened in front of him and the way that the knights have kind of dominated at times you know like i said it just it just feels like all things being equal in a game between those two teams the Sharks have to work way harder to get a win than the Knights have, have had to work. They've just been able to create more chances. They've been able to, you know, get into better scoring spots and, and things like that. So, you know, we'll see if it plays out that way in the series. I'm sure the the Sharks are out there, you know, trying to figure out some adjustments, what worked the last game, but that was also Malcolm Subban in there, yeah. you know, and what's Flurry's record against the, the Sharks? It's outrageous. Yeah.
0: He's been good. Uh, no question about it. Well, it's almost prediction time, but you mentioned Marc-Andre Fleury. We talked a lot about Martin Jones on the other side. Anybody have any concern about Marc-Andre Fleury? Missed a lot of action, came back, gave up four goals in each of his two starts. I know they were just trying to you know, figure out some timing and let him see some traffic and that sort of thing, but anybody want to speak up in concern over Marc-Andre Fleury?
2: Well, he stumbled a little bit out of the bench coming onto the ice for practice today, so my concern level is now at... because of that trip other than that I I thought Flurry looked solid in both the two starts he made down the stretch I thought that was the right amount of games to get him two seems like an okay number for me to get him back into his rhythm and I don't expect to have any injury issues or see any injury issues with him this series he just
0: actually missed a a wrist or wide too out on the ice although I don't think that's him I think it's somebody just wearing a Flurry jersey that's not him. No, I don't think you so. Sure. Uh, I mean, he might be out here. He's taking... He's right-handed. You know, taking that some reps. Give it away or anything? No, he's out here taking reps. I mean, he's not great. It's a. I don't know what league this. Is. I like the green pants. Just he's got somebody, on. somebody wearing a flurry jersey
1: or breezers as Ben would probably <laughs> absolutely call them breezers. they're breezers. Oh,
2: see, now
1: this is a. That's a conversation for another. Well, podcast. that's what the Cottage Grove. Let kids me tell wear, you, I they think. probably do call them. Well, breezers, Woodbury kids wear breezers. Yeah. Cottage Grove kids got hacky pants. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) As far as flurry and my concern, uh, so I'll say this. I don't think I would have any concern on his health. But, and this is, I guess, what, pessimism season. uh, I don't like the idea of going into a playoffs where your starting goalie has played twice in essentially the last month and lost both games. Uh, I just don't like that. And I know it's, you know, you can, I'm, I'm kind of skewing the situation a little bit for the purpose of the, of the argument, but I just don't know that I would... I just would want more, more games for him. I just feel like there's a possibility of, like, the timing and the rust, even with the two games. And now he's had, you know, four days off and he'll have a morning skate and, and things like that. I just... I don't think it's ideal. I, I don't know that concern is the right word, but, but
0: I just don't think it's an ideal situation I guess. Would you rather have a guy that you know, lo- you know lost both of his games or a guy that ranks 62nd in the league in safe percentage among goalies who started at least 10 times? Are you
1: referring to Malcolm Subban <laughs> sir? No. That's it's, Martin Jones. No, it's Martin oh, that's Martin Jones. Jones. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean fair point. I, I mean I would always want at this point I'd always want Marc-Andre Fleury. I think you know what 80% Marc-Andre Fleury might be better than Martin Jones, yeah, I mean, okay, that's not fair. Yeah,
0: that's pro- yeah well, maybe. Maybe, well,
1: this, well, this, maybe this far is better than Martin Jones. I don't know. He's He's good skater. Good skater. Yeah,
0: I don't know who this group of guys is that's out here. Yeah, he can skate. Uh, he's awful at shooting the puck. Uh, but that is a lot of breakdown of what's going to go on in this series. You can also pick up. Two special sections that we worked on this week Not one, Get but a two. full recap of the season As well as a full preview of the series But it's prediction season, Dave Special section season It's It's special section season That's a tongue twister It's prediction season What is going to happen in the series? Ben, we will go to you first Outcome of the first round series Golden Knights and Sharks I
2: really like the Shark skaters As I've mentioned I think they're a forward group Maybe actually be underrated for all the production they put up this year. Their defensemen are obviously, I think, rightly heralded. But I personally cannot get over the matchup in net. I think it's going to decide this series, and I think the Knights are going to win in six games. There you go, Knights in six. Dave, your prediction for the series? I can't
1: believe I'm actually going to say this. Like, I think it's Knights in five. Wow! Like, I and, and for me, that's. Well, Incredible that I would be that optimistic about something, or you know, have that strong of an opinion. But I really think they go get one of the first two games in San Jose, and I think if they're able to get this thing 3-1, they just have them demoralized at that point. I've seen that that fan base and that organization, and and you know, not so much that particular team, but they just crumble. It's it's something that happens up
0: there. So this is not good. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. Last year, I picked the Kings. As did I. I picked the Sharks. And I picked the Jets. And then I picked the Knights. Nailed it. I was wrong in every single series. That didn't go well. Uh, But this year, even though you guys both went with the Golden Knights, that's actually my prediction as well. I'm going Golden Knights in seven, and I hate to do that. It sounds like a... Homerish podcast if we're all going Golden Knights, but I I think we're, we've all, you know, kind of arrived there by going through position by position and breaking it down. And I just think Martin Jones is the biggest factor in this series. I think he might have a good game or two. I just don't know that he can hold up over seven games. And I'm, if it does go seven and I think it's evenly matched and it it could go that long, what does Martin Jones do in a seventh game? You know, does it start to get in his head? Can I beat these guys? That sort of thing. I, I think. That could be a big factor. The Sharks, by the way, were unbelievable at home until the last month. That has changed. We'll see if they can pick that up and uh, make it difficult for the Knights to go up there and win. But uh, we all picked the Golden Knights, which is frightening. Anybody not picking Calgary? So is it Golden Knights-Calgary for sure? I think it's going to be
2: Golden Knights-Calgary. That's my prediction. And I think I got two out of four of the Knights series right last year. So I'm no uh, expert picker at this either. So we'll see what happens.
1: I'll get this on record. I think it's going to be a weird year for the postseason. I think there's going to be upsets. I could actually see Colorado maybe upsetting Calgary. I could see Winnipeg getting beat. I could see an upset in the East. Like I think it's going to be screwy. Well,
0: aren't, aren't Colorado and or aren't Denver and Calgary like the same place? Haven't we talked for long time? I, I feel like a Spider Man. Long time listeners here. of the podcast. I feel like there's a Spider Man <laughs> yeah. meme coming. That's a that's an Easter egg for long time listeners here. Uh, on the program, and uh, we we've, we've got the predictions. But Ben, you ask a question: How much are you looking forward to this? I think this is going to be a fun series.
2: I think it's going to be an absolutely incredible series. I think, as we mentioned, it's kind of a shame that these two teams are meeting in the first round because I think this is a really juicy matchup between two really talented teams. I think even if I wasn't covering it objectively, I think this would be one of the series. I would be looking forward to the most to and we pointed out boston and toronto but i think this series is even more even than that one because i don't think the maple leafs have had a very strong second half of the season so i think you know the nhl fans in general should be watching this series obviously Knights and sharks fans will and i will and i'm excited to see what takes place
0: i'm glad you're gonna be watching it we'll be watching it we'll be updating you guys and uh doing all kinds of podcasts and videos and keeping you up to date dave on the way, he's going to head over to the airport right now. But uh, are you looking forward to the series? You think it's going to be a thrashing, so maybe not. I was just going to say, like, not to end it on this note, but I actually
1: think the Knights have the potential to just take any life out of the series. I mean, I think if they jump on them and they, you know, get an early lead, they're able to steal a game, get home ice, and, and take all the drama out of this, you know, we, we could see we, – we it could be a little underwhelming. Uh, not you know whatever I hope I love I would love for you guys to be right if it's a go six go seven you know and get some bad blood going those are the those are the series you want to see that so that's my hope but well, you are uh.
0: you are often known as the over-the-top optimist uh, you know glass half full oh for sure sun is always sunny guy so uh makes sense that you're over the top on positivity for the Golden Knights and uh a short series. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be an entertaining series, a, a wild battle between two teams that are that have emerged as rivals. But check it out. The action begins as we're taping this Tuesday, tomorrow night in San Jose. As soon as the game is over, make sure you check us out online. We'll be live going on with you, giving the uh, full breakdown of the game, a recap and our thoughts on what happened in game one. We'll bring you a podcast as well that you can check out. Podcasts, videos, stories, all kinds of content, everything you need at ReviewJournal.com. Follow us along on social media as well to get all the links to that. And don't forget to pick up the two special sections, the Season in Review and the Sharks Series Preview. Do that at your local newsstand, anywhere you can find the paper. Go pick that up for sure. You can order it as well. Uh, online from us I know Ben sent out that link and I will do that as well so check that out we thank you guys really appreciate it it's been a wild year we thank you for tuning in along with us and it's only going to get crazier podcasts after every single game that's what you guys want it's what you guys need so listen like subscribe share comment all those things wherever you get your podcast we thank you enjoy the series and we'll talk to you again after game one Wednesday night from San Jose